All right, guys, welcome back to Rose Balls. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, season's over, though. I should be sad. NBA season is done. Yeah. Um, and I want to do. I don't like doing the reviews. I like doing the forward thinking, right? Um, so first off, obviously, uh, really, really, just great storyline for the NBA. I, I like how they kind of flipped um, a lot of things on their head. Which was, you know, it was all about the super teams, all about the big markets, all about the uh, world-renowned talents, right? Uh, and now it's flipped. The story is, um, you know, a really likable, humble, quality human being in Giannis that is an easy player to get behind. Um, did it the right way. <clears throat> Appreciates the fact that the Bucks took a chance on him. Does not feel entitled which is a big thing, right, where players choose their teams and, you know, I'm going to do this my way and I don't owe anything to the team that drafted me. And, and you know, Giannis uh, really, you know, paying it forward uh, is quite is quite impressive. Um, explaining, you know, the Bucks took a chance on him. He was drafted late. Um, and, you know, they developed him. They stuck with him. Um, and, you know, they, they're obviously they're paying off now. And I think... Um, him saying, you know, the idea that he wants to bring them a title, doesn't want to leave them and all that is, is, is really, really good, uh, uh, for the league. <laughs> good to have small markets, um, you know, uh, also win it, right? You, you've seen, and I, I've said this on this pod, nothing frustrates me more than when, uh, GMs and presidents say things like, I'm not here to give excuses, uh, comma, and then insert excuse of we're a small market, we can't attract top talent, no one's coming to Indiana, no one's coming to Portland, no one's coming, whatever, blah, 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 and that's why we're not winning, right? And I'm sorry, you know, I'm not LA, right? So I can't, you know, get winners, right? Um, this this has proved that, right? You had two teams, uh, Phoenix is not a small market, by the way, it's the largest capital city in our country. Um, just on pure population, but regardless, it's considered uh, a, a small market. It's not a big DMA in terms of uh, the affinity it has, I guess, for for star talent, what have you, whatever. But but again, a really good story. Okay, so so now what? Now what? Now, what does the future hold for a couple of different things? Let's dissect a couple of big questions uh, as a post mortem, if you will, for the, for these uh, finals. The first and most obvious question is, now what with Chris Paul? Now what, right? So, what's Chris Paul going to do? Is he going to stick with it? You know, he's now built this young core. He hasn't built it, but he's played well with this young core. Built a camaraderie, built a chemistry. They were uh, two games away from winning the title. Let, let's run it back, right? Right? Let, let's, let's, this is a organically improve. Let, let's roll that back, right? <clears throat> Or is he going to go the other end and be like, look, I, I did what I could with this team. Um, let's, uh, you know, I, I need a ring chase. I need a ring, right? Uh, I have a couple years left. This is going to be a, a blemish on my legacy. I don't want to end up like Charles Barkley, Carl Malone, John Stockton. Um, you know, and I've earned it. I, I, I've, I've been through... Um, you know, a bunch of teams have had these injuries. I, I can't rely on, I can't be the main guy on a team. I just can't at this stage of my career. 
Um, and again, Phoenix, you know, was he the main guy? Was he not the main guy? They had Booker. They had Aiton. They won games uh, without him. I would say he was the main guy. I would. And he's good. He's good enough to be the main guy on a contender. But he was definitely the main guy. He was the most, he was the, whatever you want to call it, the straw, the serve, the drink, whatever. <clears throat> you get rid of any player on that team, you know, he has the biggest impact of any player. Right? So, you're, I get that. I get it. Against the Clippers, you know, Cam, Cameron Payne played well. I don't know if that was sustainable. That was kind of like when you're facing a unique pitcher for the first time. Cameron Payne's a very unique type of player. He has these little, like, floater and flinger shots. And it could work for, like, a game or two. Maybe come off the bench for spurts. That's not reliable. His style of play and the way he manages an offense is not something that's going to consistently win you games in the long haul. He's a great backup point guard, but he's not someone that you want in, in that role. Uh, and again, I, it's like young, young Kim, right? Where, you know, you throw him out of the bullpen a couple of times. You're like, wow, this is a crazy, uh, unique pitch that I can't hit. You see him a couple more times, you're knocking down home runs like the Yankees did, which I hate quoting. I hate the Yankees. Uh, against the Diamondbacks back in, back in that uh, 2001 series. So, Chris Paul, to me, uh, it's ring chasing or, or, or staying with it, right? Here's the thing. <clears throat> Chris Paul doesn't owe anybody anything. And what I mean by that is, unlike other stars, he rolled with these quote-unquote fairly shitty situations, at least going in. When he got traded to OKC, looked like a pick swap for Russell Westbrook in Houston, he didn't be like, I'm not going to play for OKC. And like, it was, and a lot of times, by the way, people poo-poo this. For a lot of stars, it's almost like obvious that they won't, even if they're like disgruntled guys, right? Like, of course they're not going to play for that team. Makes no sense. Let's work out another trade or a buyout or whatever. But no, Chris Paul was like, he went all in with the Thunder, led them to the fucking playoffs. They're not good. They weren't good. They were a playoff team with Chris Paul. That is a huge deal. And then, and then, um, you know, going into this year with Phoenix, I grant that I get it. They played well in the bubble and everyone talked about that. But again, it wasn't like a slam dunk deal. Or this was supposed to be contender. Okay. <coughs> Not by any means. So Chris Paul um, is the mature star. I'll say that. Where he's like, I'm going to the situation. It's going to be great. He comes in optimistic and he changes it. Right. So he left the, the Clippers um, and he got, um, you know, he's gotten hurt a lot too late in playoff series and stuff. So his injury is a concern there as well. So Chris Paul, to me, I don't think, while people think he's got a difficult decision, if he leaves Phoenix, no one's going to look at him and be like, this guy's a jerk, right? Whereas, to be honest with you, for other players, if they, you know, when they left the team on the rise or whatever, like, dude, when LeBron left Cleveland, that felt pretty bad because they were 67-win team, um, and he left at the peak, right? Um Harden, when he commanded a deal, it still wasn't done so great. It looked kind of like an asshole. Um, but but Chris Paul doesn't really owe. He doesn't really owe Phoenix. Not like Phoenix took a chance. I mean, they, they traded for him, but like you know, they won the they went to the title. I think I think Chris Paul owes it to himself 
given what he's done in the league, uh, given these comparisons that people keep making, to get himself a ring. I think he he deserves um, – I don't feel bad for him. I know people are like, oh, I feel bad for Chris Paul. You shouldn't feel bad for anybody playing in the NBA. All right, to be honest with you. I mean, it's, it, these guys get paid a lot and all that. I get it. Um, everyone is feeling bad for Chris Paul. I think Phoenix. I, I think. I think this. Look, it's a fluky year. It's definitely a fluky year. Does it have an asterisk? No year has an asterisk. I don't think that's fair. But I mean, come on. Let's just let's just be honest with ourselves here. Phoenix gets past a Laker team without AD. Okay, that is a big advantage. All right. Like, let's just be real. All right. That Laker team was not a playoff team a few years back without AD. All right. So that's that's a big luck out. That is a big, big luck out. Okay, they play Denver without Jamal Murray, their best crunch time guy. Is that as big of a deal? No, still a big deal. He's the what second best player. He was killing in the playoffs in the bubble. All right. Then they play the Clippers without Kawhi. So they they the three teams they play against missing arguably <clears throat> best player, second best player, best player. So they don't have to play one of the top two players. That is absurd. No team in NBA history, NBA history, had that happen in a playoff route, where in, even a consecutive series, as far as I remember, where like the, one of the top players are consistently not playing. Okay, now did the Bucks have a road? Of course they did. <clears throat> Obviously they they took care of Washington. That that that, uh, that was a gimme. Not Washington. Sorry, um, they won in the first round. Fine, they're supposed to win in the first round. Not not the biggest thing. Now, they played Miami. But, again, there's a revenge element there, so that, that's interesting. Uh, but, obviously, and we know this well, right, I think the big thing for them was was Brooklyn. That was that should have been, whoever won that series, really, that, that should have been the title winner. Um, and getting past Philadelphia is, you know, nothing uh, to snooze over. All right? Um, either. So, <clears throat> again, still, you know, harder path for the Bucks, honestly, considering everything. Anyway, back to Chris Paul. I think it's between two teams. Does he stay in Phoenix, or is he going to the Lakers? I don't see why he would go to any other team. I, I honestly don't. Okay. Um, if he goes to the Lakers, it's a quite interesting thing. They could they could get the banana boat back together. If I'm the Lakers, I'm like let's let's bring Melo back. He could come off the bench. We'll have LeBron. The Lakers can have a five man unit closing unit if they get Chris Paul of AD Melo LeBron Chris Paul insert veteran shooter. Who's that? JJ Redick? I don't know. But I do feel they. Um, that's the best place for Chris Paul. <clears throat> and by the way, <clears throat> it would be great for the NBA. Um, it would be really good. It'd be great. Lakers Nets, um, just as a, a little rivalry, would be great. And both would have big, big threes. I think it'd be good. But I do think Chris Paul is going to decide to the Lakers and the Suns, and he doesn't owe the Suns. He does not owe them. And if he goes to the Lakers, they would have the best chance of any team he would make sense to go to 
to win the title. Does that mean they win the title? Not necessarily. Not by any means. Brooklyn is still better. By the way, some people don't understand. Brooklyn went healthy. It's no contest. Brooklyn is so much better than the next best team in the NBA talent-wise. There's a bigger gap between, um, and, and Elon said this on a call earlier, there's a bigger gap between Brooklyn and the second best team in the NBA. And you could say between Brooklyn and let's say the mix is, um, you know, Utah, Denver, Milwaukee, Lakers, <clears throat> going into next year, I mean. Those are like the teams in the, in the second tier. Then there is between the second tier and like the fourth tier. So those teams, there's a bigger gap between um, Brooklyn and those teams, and those teams in like Atlanta. Okay, or like Portland, bigger gap. That's how good Brooklyn is. Now again, if if Paul goes to the Lakers, that's a series they could challenge them, right? AD would have to play great, LeBron would have to play great, and and you know there's a way, there's a road there, there's a road. So that's the what next? Like what next? Like I, I think, I think Chris Paul goes to the Lakers. I think it makes too much sense. Um. Will be a sign of trade, whatever it is. <coughs> I think it makes too much sense. I think um, I think he goes there. Following following Chris Paul, I think the other things that happen that are going to be interesting is there's kind of this uh, point guard carousel, right? So the Clippers are going to need to make a major move now. They're going to keep doubling and tripling down, by the way. This is what they're going to do. Meaning, they can't afford to lose Kawhi. So they're going to have to keep doing these like crazy moves. It's like if you are dating someone and you take her out on this like, lavish date. You have to keep going in debt to like showcase yourself. I don't know, it's not sustainable, but it, may, it works until you win, right? So that's going to be the goal. They're going to keep tripling down. So the next trip, and by the way, this we've seen this before, OKC kept tripling down. They got Mello, they got Paul George, right? <clears throat> the Clippers are going to keep tripling down. The next triple down move, I don't think Kemba's enough. I don't. That's not going to be like, hey, Kawhi State, we got Kemba. Uh, all right. Cool, I guess. Like, that's not, he's not that guy anymore. That's not enough to make you contending. I think Russell Westbrook's that guy. Russell Westbrook just showed he averaged a triple-double. He had a great second half with Washington. They made it to the playoffs. I am getting the sense that the Wizards are going to go through a rebuild. That doesn't mean Beal is traded immediately, but I think if someone gives, if someone's willing to take on Westbrook and give them even a mediocre asset, they're going to have to snatch that up. So I can see something with the Clippers dealing something like Morris, uh, Beverly, those two would definitely be in the deal, okay? And maybe um, Le- uh, Luke Kennard and, like, a Terrence Mann, some kind of four-for-one uh, to get to get Russell Westbrook. And maybe, you know, you give up uh, Chandler Hutchinson or, you know, some other minor player goes back to the Clippers. Kind of a poo-poo platter. But for the Clippers, they're going to take that risk. They want to keep Kawhi. Um, and then, again, they need Ibaka healthy, by the way, which was an absurdly uh, underrated part of what could have made them so successful, I should say. 
not necessarily that did make them so successful. Right. They need they need that. But if they could go into the season with some kind of lineup of, let's call it, <clears throat> you know, Zubak, uh, Ibaka, Kawhi, Paul George, Westbrook, that's really interesting for them. Now, again, they're going to be barren with depth. They got to rely on Batum again. They're going to have to rely on, um, from some, you know, middle of the road free agents and things like that. Uh, they won't be able to re-sign Reggie Jackson. Um, but the hope is that it's enough talent to kind of take over, and they'll put in their own big three. This is my prediction. So I'm predicting Westbrook goes to the Clippers. The Cl- the Wizards need to find a way to sneak in Terrence Mann, and Terrence Mann works both ways. What I mean by that is he's Decent enough now. He showed enough in the playoffs that his value just went up enough that he could be the piece that gets you Westbrook. You don't need you don't need a lot in terms of assets to get you Westbrook, but obviously the matching salaries, which this will enable him to do. And I think Terrence Mann's enough. He's enough. That's my other prediction. Now, if you're Washington, that means that Beal is likely to become available. Now, again, I think. Um, the Wizards wait on it. I think they they probably would be smart. They may not do a deal to the February deadline, what have you. Um, <clears throat> obviously, the um, the people that would be up for a deal, quite frankly, would be, you know, the, if you're going to deal Beal, <clears throat> I, think, I think the Wizards would probably want Michael Porter Jr., that's who they'd want. Uh, I don't know if there's a way to make that work. The salaries don't really fit well. That's the kind of piece you got you want. Um, the guy they can obviously get is Simmons, um, but I don't know if they want to go that route. I don't know if they want to go the Simmons route. They might inevitably go that route, and the, and the Sixers would have to basically, um, you know, send several picks, Maxi, and things like that, and maybe that that's what happens. But I don't think that's what they would initially want to do. They would <clears throat> hope a team is, you know, close to contending. They're going to probably get either Porter, or Jalen Brown type, if, if the Celtics overachieve. Um, but Porter Jr. to me seems like that target. But that's not, I'm not predicting that. I'm saying Westbrook goes to that's the carousel, which means Kemba probably stays in OKC. But that also means. Going into the draft now, if, if OKC is sensing this, it does start making sense. I, you know, OKC is going to put Shy on the block, and I think OKC is really making a hard case at number one with Detroit. And the reason why they're doing this is because Cade Cunningham is from OKC. Now, the last time, and, and viewers might recall this, I think it was 2009, the last time OKC had a shot at the number one pick, Blake Griffin um, was in the draft. OKC didn't get number one. They fell to number three, which was a blessing because Hashim Thabit went to. And they got hearted, obviously, as we know. Um, but it's still critical to note because I think they want some local affinity. They're going to want to have another superstar there, a guy they can quickly brand. And while Shy is good, he's not that guy. He's not a guy that 
you know, they feel great about being the face of the franchise. Um, so as a result, I don't see them. I don't think I don't think it makes sense for them. I don't see them. Um, you know, I think they're gonna they're gonna work for Cunningham. I think they're gonna try to pull a couple different deals for Shine. Now, if you're Detroit, you gotta sniff this, sniff it out, because again, if you can get a ransom for the number one pick, I think you gotta take it. Unless like like Cunningham would have to be. You want to do a trade basically where unless he's James Harden, this is a good deal. And you take those odds. Now, a lot of gyms don't think that way. They think like, well, I don't want to end up on a documentary, right? So if Cunningham becomes the best player of all time, right? He's number one pick, you know, yeah, these number one picks can be really good. You don't want to be the guy that dealt that number one pick. But again, if you're getting a package of, you know, potentially Shai Gugos Alexander and the sixth pick and... Um, you have, you know, uh, OKC's got a war chest of picks. You got a number of future firsts outside of that, and that could really now rebuild and replenish Detroit's future, right? Which I think you could do. I think you could do, personally, um, you swap, basically. You get shy, so you get the six pick shy. And I can get at least two future firsts, at least outside of that. Maybe three. They have so many. Right? I, I go for 16, first of all. I, I try to snag the Celtics pick in there. So let me, let me give me 16. Give me six. Give me, uh, and give me two future firsts. Right? And you have future firsts from Houston, from God knows where at this point. You know, there's so many deals. Who even knows? Delphi, the Clippers. But let me, let me, if I'm Detroit, let me dominate a draft. I'll take 6, 16. Give me the Clipper first. I'll take it. Why not? Okay? And then give me two future first. How about that? I'm getting five first. I like this for Detroit because um, you got to you got to take a couple of stabs at the apple to try to hit in the draft. Detroit is still burned. They, um, the thing that Detroit hasn't done well is they haven't put in their first-round picks, the lottery picks all the time in position to be successful. So even if you draft Cunningham, you need shooters around him. Is he going to be in a great position? I don't know. Hayes, the pick last year, already coming in, isn't going to be a good position because you're likely, even even if you get Shy or Cunningham, um, you know, what are you going to, where, where, where do these guys fit? They're both, they both need the ball. They're both slash heavy. It doesn't work. Uh, but you need stabs at the apple because, again, what Detroit learned is between Suki Dumbaya, um, you know, even with um, and even with Hayes, they still got a, a win with Sadiq Bay and Isaiah Stewart. So even if you back fifty percent and you get half those guys become decent role players, decent role players on a rookie deal, not bad, not bad. So if Detroit could get again, they get shy, you know, shy, but you get a guarantee. You know Shy is going to be good. He's young. He's on a good deal. Great. If you get Shy on board, who I would put as a point guard anyway, <clears throat> I would probably find a way for Hayes to 
dominate the second unit, what have you. Um, see what um, see what Sadiq Bay does. I think I think you got to go full rebuild if I'm Detroit. I don't need Grant. Um, if I can get other picks, that's even better. Great. But yeah, I think Detroit definitely needs to uh, make that kind of move. Philly. I don't think they're going to trade Simmons. And by the way, like, NBA teams and coaches have walked back, meaning, like, they'll do things like, oh, this guy sucks or whatever, and then they're, that guy comes back to the team or what have you, and they're like, oh, we didn't mean what we said. We were lying. This is awkward. My favorite example that no one thinks about, uh, I forgot the year, but the Celtics traded Danny Fortson for Alvin Williams, right? Which... Fortson was supposed to come in. Fortson was originally acquired via Ron Mercer. Fortson was supposed to come in, dominate the boards, allow Walker to play the three, which not the greatest idea because I think the guy chucks a lot of three-pointers as a power forward. Imagine if you made him a perimeter player. Didn't really work out. Walker didn't really play the three. He had to play the four. Fortson then, where do they fit? He had to play the center. He's undersized. Whole thing didn't really work, Okay. So Patino tried to change Fortson, traded Fortson to Alvin Williams, and immediately everybody pitched on the deal. They're like, this is a terrible trade. Um, you know, Fortson's a value. He's a valuable player. He gets rebounds like crazy. And, you know, when Fortson got traded, he was like, it was great to leave that sinking ship, i.e. the Celtics, which, by the way, we made the Titanic look like uh, a carnival fleet. So... Um, after the deal happens, Patino's like, oh, shit, I made a bad deal. And then finds a thing in the medical report that doesn't look kosher. And it's like, oh, Alvin Williams actually um, failed his physical. We got to rescind the deal. So Fortson comes back to Boston after that, and it is super awkward. He's like, oh, shit, I just said this is a sinking ship. I didn't mean that. Not. Um, other times you've seen walkbacks. Phil Jackson with Kobe Bryant. He wrote the book, The Lost Season. I read it. It's a pretty good book. About the 2004 season. Shit's on Kobe like crazy in that book. I mean, complete shilshul. Really just tears the guy down. Not a great teammate. Goes to management about all the times he wanted to trade him. It didn't work this time. It didn't work that time. And by the way, underrated thing, real kudos to Kobe for being a champ through the whole process. Didn't shit back. He was like, you know, listen... He was not, I didn't remember anything about him being like, Phil's a dick. He was like, you know, this is who I am, whatever. He, he really kind of, I thought he was pretty mensch-like in that whole process, to be honest with you. That really, although the Kobe stories, he had, the guy is shitting on him in his book. And he, I don't remember like a, a firm response back. He's like, dude, you, you were whatever. No. He did not, he, he, you know, he took the higher road. Um. So, again, those are – the walkbacks are always awkward. That's what I mean. The walkbacks, when you kind of walk back, always awkward. Um, and now – but now I bring it all up. Why did I go on this walkback tangent? Because of Ben Simmons. This would be an ultimate walkback. Ultimate. What do I mean? When the series ended with Milwaukee, 
What did you hear? Or sorry, with Atlanta. Atlanta beat Philly. And the Milwaukee beat Atlanta. I apologize. What did you hear? You heard Embiid being like, hey, look, you know, you should have had that dunk. You should have dunked it. But he spun. And Doc Rivers giving the ultimate. How do you walk this back, Doc? Hey, Doc, is Ben Simmons a point guard on a title contending team? Ask the different way. We'll just ask it a different way. If you have ambitions, which you do, to contend for a title, can he be a partner with such a team? Answer, no. Or said better, I don't see that, whatever. Synonyms for what he said are no, yet, nope. He said Ben Simmons is not a point guard for a title contender team. That's his position. Like his little basketball position, not his like stance. Now, you could say, oh, maybe if they're clever, they don't play him at point guard. So you could, you could, you could do the second Sixers over here. But look, he basically said the guy is not a starter on a uh, contending team. That's what he said. That's the position he plays. So you're going to walk that back? Simmons is going to come back now. Because after all that, <clears throat> Maury still went to negotiations with leverage. But he, but he didn't have leverage. He has no leverage to deal Simmons. So again, the Pacers played around and they're like, "Look, let's get let's, let's let's get a shot at Simmons for you know, sixty cents on the dollar, fifty cents on the dollar." Brogdon in our first, which by the way, not a bad offer. Brogdon makes a lot of sense with Embiid. It could have totally worked. You draft, you get a, you get Brogdon. Maybe you draft Corey Crispin, at a Gonzaga, a nice shooter, kind of works. But Maury said no. You're going to get a better offer than that? Probably not. He still thinks that Simmons has this value. The va- you just shat all over his value. You just shat all over it. This makes no sense to me. No sense. He literally just shilled all over the guy's value. I mean, Maury didn't allow the team to. Didn't respond back, by the way. Didn't defend the player. After the incident, he wasn't like, you know, Maury could have, after this whole debacle went down when they got eliminated, been like, hey, guys, look, it was fresh. Uh, players were, were on a you know, emotional roller coaster following the game. Didn't really mean it. Here's a statement. We believe in Simmons. Blah, 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 blah. Could have done a thing quickly afterwards. No, didn't do shit. Let Simmons' value deteriorate. And then teams are like, okay, we'll sniff around. You, look, if you... Want to treat him like shit? We'll take him. By the way, Simmons could have been more of a mensch after all of it. Saying I got to prove on these things, whatever, the, everyone's got a point, blah, blah, blah. Playing himself off real well. And super strange that um, nobody, and people are like, yeah, they're going to they're gonna give you trades for him. And he's still like, what are you talking about? Ben Simmons? I love him. I won't get Brogdon to pick. No, no. I need um. I need Bradley Bill and several firsts. Actually, like who the fuck do you think you are? So it depends on, you know, where Maury's gonna die. What hell he's gonna die on? I think Maury, um, for better or worse, is gonna ensure that if they do a deal and using Simmons, he needs to make sure he nets Bradley Beal. Or Damian Lillard in that deal. 
And look, if Lillard, his best chance, honestly, is Lillard demanding a trade. We talked about Lillard before. Where is he going to go? All this stuff. Um, that's the best chance. Because if Lillard demands a trade, now at least you've built in some kind of leverage. And, you know, you could you get Lillard. And I don't think Maury cares, based on what he did in Houston at least, how many firsts it's going to take, whatever. He'll do Simmons and several firsts, Maxi, Thibel. He'll make sure he gets Lillard or Beal. That is, um, that, that's what I honestly believe. And and Beal, I don't, um, I don't think they want to replace Westbrook with this. And again, I know they're not similar, similar, but quasi similar point guards, which are ball heavy, what ha- what have you. Um, I don't see that. I don't see Simmons in Washington. I think the only thing that's going to make sense is if yeah, if, if Lillard demands a deal. And he might luck out. He might luck out. Because there, there, there's that chance. But, like, I don't know how Philly's going to go with it. I don't know how they walk this back. The only thing they can and probably should do, just for, like, PR sake, is, like, we're actually going to try Simmons at the three. He's a small forward now. All right, like, that makes a difference. Right? Um, their best hope, Philly's best hope, is... Probably that Kemba gets bought out, or, or, or there's another cheap point guard on the market. I think that's probably that, that could shoot. Um, outside of Kemba, I, I don't know. You know, just in terms of signing one, like where do you get Lowry for the MLE? Like they're going to airball, right? And may, maybe this is the plan. Maybe the honest plan is that Maury is hopeful something he's going to get lucky. Whether Lowry wants to take a hometown discount, you know, went to Villanova to get him for the MLE. Why would they? I don't know why Lowry would take the MLE there, but maybe. They get Lowry. Okay, he could play off. I'm going to keep Simmons. He'll play the three. Lowry's our point guard. Outside of Lowry, like, you're not getting Drogic for that cheap. Schroeder, all those guys, like, you're not doing that. So I think if he doesn't get Lowry, then the Simmons talks resurface. And ultimately, the Portland concept makes the most sense. Um... But Lillard now is playing this game, so who knows? So I'm not saying that's what's next, but the original what's next is accurate. Um, I don't think Detroit's going to move number one. I think they should and take advantage, squeeze OKC with all the picks they can get. I don't think they will. But I think the point guard carousel is going to happen. I think Westbrook and the Clippers, Chris Paul with the Lakers. I think you see something like that, and uh, it's going to be one hell of a season. And draft is in a week. We'll do a, a pre-draft special uh, over the next few days. We'll dissect who should do what, who's going to go where, underrated, overrated, etc., etc. Uh, it's going to be great, guys. We will connect soon.